Welcome in. It is the NRL Super Coach Therapy Podcast, the round eight preview. We're into week eight already, gang, and uh, it all kicks off tonight with a blockbuster. Um, South Sydney hosting the Penrith Panthers, two of the uh, better teams over the last, uh, well, certainly for Penrith. I mean, they're into year four of being the best team in the comp, and South have been there or thereabouts for a little bit longer than that. Uh, great rivalry between these two teams, uh, which Penrith has actually dominated over the last little wee while. Uh, and it's, um, I mean, I can't see things changing tonight, to be perfectly honest with you. I've just got a feeling about uh, about Penrith. You know, they, they, they were a bit scratchy last week, and Newcastle were very, very feisty and really took it up to, uh, to Penrith, but they just had enough uh, to get over the line with some Cleary uh, ice, ice in the veins, magic there. Um, let's have a look at the look at the teams here, uh, and I, I won't run through the teams uh, through everybody. I'll just go through the the ones that uh, mean something uh, for uh, NRL and also for Supercoach. Obviously, uh, it looks like uh, Tani Milne is on the wing for Thompson, who hasn't recovered. Uh, otherwise, the back line is unchanged for South. Uh, Joy Arrow is starting at prop. Uh, for the Bunnies with Burgess. Cheekam moves into the second row, and Host is also in the second row there. So really interesting to see that. Um, kind of watches on both. I mean, I know Cheekam's got some dual um, flexibility action going on, but oh, I don't know. I can see both of them um, running a shit ton of decoys uh, and the, the ball just moving um, behind them uh, to the to the strike center and wingers. Uh, that's what Souths are really, really good at. So I wouldn't actually expect Cheekam and Host to be punching out um, really good scores, not even really good base scores, to be honest with you. Uh, keep an eye out on that, though. But Penrith are very, very strong defensively and have a way of uh, keeping a team quiet. Uh, Cam Murray at 13, obviously very, very important. Uh, Davi Mawali on the bench. Let's see what kind of minutes he gets now that Jai Arrow is back. They still don't have Totola either. Uh, was last week's 50-odd just a bit of an aberration there for Dabby, Dabby Mawali. Uh, Josiah Karapani is, uh, I believe he might be 18th man. Um, not too sure what the deal is with uh, Karapani, what his what his position is. He might be a second row. Mind you, they've got Jed Cartwright sitting on the bench there that can cover second row. If we have a look at Penrith, a very settled lineup by the looks of things here. No real changes in the back line, and the four-pack is steady as she goes. Scott Sorensen uh, is in the second row for um, Liam Martin, who was out with that hamstring. So Sorensen gets the gig. Zach Hoskin keeps his spot. Matty Eisenhuth is still the prop there. The bench is Luke. Lindsay Smith, uh, Spencer Lenu, and they're sticking with Jamin Salmon. Luke Garner is sniffing around there uh, for sure. Uh, look. I am going to take uh, the Penrith Panthers 18 points to 14. Close game, uh, a low-scoring game, two strong defensive sides. Uh, I'll take the Panthers. I can't take the Bunnies, even though they are playing good footy. I can't take the Bunnies against uh, the defending premiers, who tend to dominate this fixture over the last little wee while. Uh, The only game on Friday, and we're up in Darwin. The Eels taking their home game to Darwin uh, against those Broncos. Uh, coming off a good win or a good second half against the Titans. Uh, the Eels coming off the win against the Dogs. Uh, Scoreline was pretty convincing, but the, the the play itself, not so much. 
so you know we we just haven't seen Parramatta click yet, uh, and this would be a tricky old game against the, a much much improved uh, Broncos outfit, especially defensively. I think defensively they've got a little bit more steel to them, uh, and I mean the attack is flying um, with with uh, Reynolds, obviously with uh, Walsh at the back as well. Reynolds has uh, had limited training this week, and Jordan Ricky is under a bit of a cloud uh, for those Broncos. If we have a look at their lineup, it's still a very, very settled lineup uh, with Kobe Hetherington uh, on the bench with Tapal, Corey Jensen, and Corey Pakes. Uh, there is no. Um, where's Flegler? Oh, Flegler's starting. Uh, there's no Palacia. Palacia comes out of that side uh, at Parramatta. Hayes Dunster has been named. He is a cheapie. I don't think he's a great cheapie option. He has been named, though. Uh, sniffing around in the 22 is Bailey Thomason. Something to keep a look at there. Jermaine Hopgood has been named on the bench. Wait and see what happens there. They've got uh, Lane Cartwright and Madison currently as the uh, the back rowers. Let's see what happens there. You could, you could easily see Hopgood getting a start, Madison flicking to an edge. Or they might possibly uh, really want to keep uh, keep the uh, middle rotation fresh uh, with the heat and humidity up in Darwin, and they'll roll with Campbell, Gillard, Paolo, uh, Madison, Hopgood, rotate those guys around, give the likes of Wiramu, Greg, a uh, little wee 20-minute stint at some stage in the game. Will be interesting to see how it goes. Look, tough game to pick here. Um, Paramount tend to have uh, played very well against the Broncos. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos, though, just just on form. Paramount just haven't shown the form. They're getting some wins now, but the form isn't really there, whereas the Broncos do look slick. Uh, I'm going to take them 24 points to 20 uh, in an a, um, energy-sapping game up in Darwin. The early Saturday game, and we have got the Bulldogs hosting the Sharkies uh, at uh, at a core stadium. A lot of issues there for the Doggies. They, got, um, they had Karaz, who went down. Uh, last week, Avarillo was hobbling uh, he, with a knee. Um, so, so many issues for this club. They just can't take a trick. Uh, but the news coming out during the week that uh, Oluwapu and Jarrell Skelton uh, both uh, both were, weren't were named uh, for New South Wales uh, Cup site. Uh, so, Oluwapu was already eight man, I believe, for the Doggies. And uh, Jarrell Skelton was named, I think, at number 20-something, uh, 22. Um, bit of a chance, apparently, from all, from what I've uh, read and heard, uh, that he's got a very, very good super coach game, uh, strong tackle buster and the like. So um, watch out for that one. Uh, he could come in because Declan Casey has been named on one wing and Braden Burns on the other. So, man, even if it sticks with those two, I can see the Sharks really attacking those edges there. The slark, the, the slarks, the Sharks have a very slick backline and can cause some damage. If you look at the Sharkies team, very, very settled. Um, in fact, there's no changes there I can see in their starting 13 and a very, very solid bench as opposed to the Dogs with Casey on one wing, Braden Burns on another. Flanagan has been named at six and, Bur- and Burton at seven. Um, they say they want Burton to get his hands on the ball a bit more and being at seven, um, it, it might just be a placebo effect of having the seven on your back and this is your team. You demand the ball and you get it when you want it and Flanagan can just concentrate on what he needs to do. I think Flanagan needs to look over his shoulder. I think his days are numbered 
in this side. Uh, Oluapu uh, has big wraps on him. They bought him out from the Broncos where he, um, uh, he might have dropped his lip a little, realized there wasn't much chance of first-grade action, possibly got promised some things that they couldn't keep. Uh, and the Bulldogs bought him out of his contract uh, and brought him down. So they've made an investment in the young fella. And I think that at some stage soon, um, they're going to want to see some kind of a return. Obviously, it's a long-term investment that they might want to see something uh, as early as this season, and he might get a run. If you look in the four pack, uh, Pangai Jr. is one to watch. Uh, he's a risky old roll the dice, is TPJ. Uh, when he's on, he's on. He's got a great super coach game. He just bounces off tackles. He can offload at will. Um, so, yeah, he's one to watch for sure. Uh, one for the brave, definitely. Uh, Jacob Preston, another one to watch. He's got a break even of about 70. So we might have, he might have topped out. He, he does look a quality player, though. What's he got around him, though? This team, I think, is going to struggle. Uh, and I just, yeah, it's a tough one. I can definitely uh, understand people selling, moving on Jacob Preston uh, because there's bigger and better things out there. I can totally I can totally go with that. Uh, look, can't go past the Sharks in this one. I'm going to go Sharks 26, uh, Bulldogs 18 uh, in this game. Second game on Saturday, and we are heading up the uh, heading up to North Queensland, the Cowboys, the struggling Cowboys, hosting the Newcastle Knights up in Townsville. Uh, this should be a close game as well. Uh, Cowboys are desperate. They are really, really struggling, um, and they are desperate for a win. They they, <laughs> they need a win big time. Uh, the back line uh, is unchanged uh, by the looks of things. In the uh, forward pack, though, the news that Tamalolo was out for about six weeks with a knee. Uh, is devastating for them. Ruben Cotter has been named in the 13. Cohen Hess moves in to play prop with Jordan McLean. Uh, Jack Gazuski on one side and Jeremiah Nanai, who's kind of fallen off a little bit this year. I mean, last year was ridiculous, and it's it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a sign. I mean, it kind of it reflects the season for the Cowboys. I mean, last year, every time Nanai touched the ball, it seems he was taking a kick. Uh, taking a high ball off a kick and scoring a try off it. And it's not quite happening this year for him. And it's just not quite happening at all for the Cowboys. Um, interesting bench with Tom Chester. Granville, uh, who's playing everywhere. He's playing prop. He, remember, he used to be a gun hooker. Now he's a prop. He's played in the back. He's played a bit of fullback not that long ago. He's all over the show. Uh, good on him. I thought his career was over a couple of years ago. He keeps on keeping on. Uh, Tanua Brown, Mitchell Dunn there. Interesting side for um, the Cowboys. They really need this win. If we look at the Knights, um, Kalen Ponga is back, and he is back, and he's playing in the number six jersey. Um, really great to see him back, first and foremost, and really hope he fires, uh, you know, for him personally. Uh, also for Newcastle, obviously paying a shitload of money for Kalen Ponga, and they need him out on the field. Um rather than uh, being in Canada getting his uh, concussions looked at. Uh, so fingers crossed for Kalen Ponga. Look, good news if you're um, – I think it's good news if you're a Lockie Miller owner. I think it's good news if you're a Greg Marsu owner. Uh, Ponga's a creator. He'll create for those blokes. Uh, Miller has looked really, really impressive, and he'll be sniffing around. Any breaks that Ponga makes, he should be sniffing around if he's doing his job properly. And on that left edge, you would think Ponga loves a cutout ball to Greg Marsu. Uh, so – you know, I'd expect Marzu to uh, to score well in this game. Uh, it's not like the Cowboys are uh, defensively a very strong unit. 
they had so much ball last week against the Warriors and couldn't do anything with it. And the Warriors managed to score plenty of points with, with I don't know, I think it might have been 40% possession. Might have even been less than that. It wasn't flat. Uh, let's look at the four pack. Crossland stays in at hooker. He was pretty impressive, had to say. And Kurt Mann is at lock forward, who also had a good game supercoach-wise last week as well. Um, scored plenty of points. Maybe a bit of an option there. Gamble is on the bench uh, as well. Um, interesting game, this one. I'm going to go... I'm just going to go Cowboys. I think they just need it a little bit more uh, than the Newcastle Knights. I'm going to take the Cowboys uh, 22 points to 20 in a close affair. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, team, we are back. And Sunday kicks off with the Dolphins and the Titans. First ever clash between two these two uh, Queensland clubs at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, hopefully get a really big crowd there. Nice sunny Sunday afternoon uh, in Brisbane for this one. Uh, Dolphins look like they're going to be reasonably settled. Uh, and with the Titans, AJ Brimson uh, is a chance of coming back, which is huge because uh, he's a strike. He's a strike weapon. Uh, let's have a look here. The Hammer obviously has been fantastic. Uh, for owners, I don't mind. You can keep with him. He's just he, he's a strike. He just keeps scoring tries. Uh, and Jermaine Asako is kicking goals, and he's scoring tries as well. So the one-two punch there. Uh, Isaiah Katoa, uh, I was happy to um, cut bait on Isaiah Katoa last week. Uh, but he's scoring okay, and it's just a slowly, slowly kind of deal with him. Uh, and look, it's not like the Titans uh, won't give him opportunities, you would have thought, this week, uh, for sure. If we look at the forward pack there, um, Felice Kafusi returns, and he basically goes straight into Kenny Bromwich's spot after Kenny Bromwich copped the uh, suspension um, last week. Uh, Jerry Marshall-King just making every post a winner there at dummy half. If we have a look at the uh, the Titans, um, look, Khan Pereira, you would think he would get his uh, opportunities uh, this week as well to score tries. He, he knows how to do it. Jojo Fafita uh, gets a starting spot. Philip Sammy moves into the centers there. That's an interesting one there, Jojo Fafita finding his way back into the team. So that is one uh, to, to look at there. Uh, with this side, uh, Mo Fodawaka and, uh, and Tino, I like that. It's a strong forward pack. I think Mo Fodawaka's got something to prove. He's a, he's a chance for origin. Uh, he got given a go when he was really, really young. I think he's a chance of making the side. So too is David Fafita, who's playing really, really good footy. It's not just, uh, it's not just the David Fafita of old where you know he's, he's on... You know, he's on for one minute and he's off for three and, you know, he'll turn it on. Then he, he goes, he goes AWOL for 20 minutes. He's, he's playing, he's playing a, um, a more balanced kind of game. The attack's there. We all know it. Uh, but yeah, he looks, he just looks busier, which is great. Uh, and I think if he's doing that, I know Gordon Tallis named him in the 17 and said, look, it's time for him to come out of exile and back into origin. I tend to agree. I think if he's, he's playing good enough footy. Uh, you can have him there. And he's a great option for Queensland off the bench, uh, either to maintain if things are close, which they normally are in origin, maintain things, or if they, they, they need a try, they're down by 10, they need something, you know, bring him on, see what he can do. I think he's a really good chance of playing origin this year. Um, on the bench, uh, interesting one, Thomas McKayley comes back. I think he was in, I think he might have been playing in England. Uh, he has come back. I know he used to play for the Tigers. Uh, so that's an interesting one there. Leeming, Clark, McKayley, and Clessia Haas uh, uh, on the bench there. With AJ Brimson named at 21, 
Uh, if he is fit, you think he finds his way into the side, I'm guessing at fullback, and maybe Jaden Campbell goes to the bench and possibly, I don't know who they get rid of there. Interesting one, because um, you've really only got one front row. I don't know if Chris Haas is a front row or if he's a second row. Uh, you have to excuse me on that one. Um, look, another close game. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this game. I'm going to go, I'm going with the Titans. I'm just, I'm going with the Titans. It's not an anti-Dolphin thing. I just, I think the Titans uh, looked really good in the first half last week against the Bronx, and they fell away badly. Uh, I think that one would have really hurt them, and they'll come back strong. Uh, the Dolphins um, really, and they were very similar last week against the Bunnies. Looked fantastic in the first half, just dominated possession, territory, kept the Bunnies to six points, and then it all unraveled in the second half. I'm going to take the Titans 28-24. The second game on Sunday, uh, and this is a fun one, the Seagulls heading to Campbelltown to take on the Tigers. Uh, fun game here. This uh, this Tigers team, far out. Uh, Jareem Buller gets a start um, at fullback. Uh, highly touted youngster uh, who played at uh, Keeper Park and um, looks the goods, looks like a real athlete. Uh, and he is their fourth fullback, I believe, after Laurie after Dewey, Staines, who was I thought was Staines was all right a couple of weeks ago. One glaring shocker there at the end of the game, but otherwise he tried his heart out. Now, nah, you know, you're back on the wing. Uh, we're going to give Jareem Buller a crack. He's going to save our season. Good luck. Good luck to you, Jareem. It's a shocker. Uh, you have a look at this side. Wakeham isn't at 5'8 now for Dewey. So, look, Wakeham and Brooks doesn't exactly fill you with a lot of confidence. Uh, Junior Tupo had a good game a couple of weeks ago. But look, he's just playing in a struggling team. Uh, we'll see how we go. He does look like a good, strong player. Um, that last game against Parramatta, he was, he was, him and uh, Staines were excellent. Uh, the forward pack, Stefano was there. I mean, it's a, it's a settled forward pack. Uh, no changes there. The bench is interesting. You've got Dane Laurie and you've got Tommy Talau coming back from the broken beak on the bench. You've got two backs on the bench, Offen Garway and Twal. So that'll be interesting to see the rotation there with Utakamanu, Clemmer. Uh, Fanua Pole, uh, often Garway and Twile. It's good news for Utakamanu owners. Uh, if you have to play him this week, um, you know you should expect he gets 45 to 50 minutes. And if he's punching out a, a 1 ppm, you'll take that. You'll definitely take that. Uh, at the uh, Seagulls, Josh Schuster is back. He has been named. Uh, we've seen him there or thereabouts for a few weeks now. Uh, he's finally been named at six, which looks promising. Uh, and Ruben Garrick comes back as well uh, onto the wing after the head knock. Uh, Ruben Garrick, you expect to fill up this week against the Tigers. Uh, the Seagulls were very strong. They played real tough against the Storm last week, and you'd expect uh, that to continue. The confidence will really grow from that performance, and let's see some free-flowing footy, you hope, with uh, with Schuster on that left edge. Tommy feeding Garrick. Garrick kicking lots of goals as well. Uh, fingers crossed for that one as uh, an owner of all three of those blokes. Uh, the four-pack pretty settled, mind you. Ethan Bullimore comes on to uh, play second row with um, uh, what's-his-face. Can't remember his name. Can't remember his name. No, nah, it's gone. But Bullimore is in there in the second row anyway. Bullimore, a bit of a meat and potatoes kind of a player. Uh, I think as far as um, Manly concerned, as long as he makes his tackles and um, puts his hand up for a few head-ups, they'll be happy with that. Uh, Samuela Fainu uh, comes onto the bench. 
I believe, for a debut. They've got four big boppers on the bench. Finu, Kepi returns, Woods, and Sipley. So um, I think they're going to, I think they understand and appreciate the Tigers are pretty strong through the middle. Uh, so they're going to fight fire with fire there uh, and have, uh, I mean, they've got a, They've got four big boppers on their bench as opposed to the Tigers with two backs. Very interesting. Uh, look, can't take the Tigers. I'm taking the Seagulls 26-16 in this one. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be a massive blowout. 26-16, though. Let's take that. As we move on to one of the best days of the year on the rugby league calendar, obviously an important day um, for everybody anyway. Uh, the fact that we get to uh, enjoy some rugby league every year, and this game uh, always delivers a great history of fantastic matchups between the Roosters and the Dragons, dating all the way back. Uh, I'm trying to think when they might have started. It was was it the early 2000s. Uh, I don't know if they played. They may have played in the 90s. I can't don't know for sure. Uh, but fantastic game. Uh, always a, always a fun fun game. This one uh, between two uh, Sydney clubs. It's always a ding-dong battle. Uh, let's look uh, at the Dragons. It uh, looks reasonably settled there. Um, there's just nothing doing, is there? There's nothing doing. Uh, and the forward pack, Jack Bird is on the edge. Jack DeBallon has made his way to 13. So I think they're happy now with Jack DeBallon uh, playing lock and Bird on the edge. Just gives them a little something. No sign of uh, Jaden Sewer. Uh, Toby Couchman, one to watch for. Uh, he looks a promising player. Uh, if uh, we look at the Roosters, and there have been some changes, uh, it's been well publicised. Let's have a look. It is uh, Teddy's at the back with Tupo. Uh, Paul Momorowski, uh moves into the centres, and I'll tell you why. Because Joey Manu, I Joey Manu, he's playing in the five A position, baby. Too much and uh, I'm aroused. Um, my favourite player. Love Joey Manu, and I love seeing him uh, close to the ball. Whether it's at five eight or at fullback, I like him more at five eight because then it means Teddy's at the back. Uh, so whoa! Uh, look, Sam Walker. It's an interesting one there. Really, really interesting. And if you've been watching three sixty and uh, reading the paper, really interesting to see what the story is with Walker. You wouldn't think it would be too long out, mind you. If it works with Manu and with Kiri, and it gets Teddy going and everybody else going, well, what's going to happen to Sam Walker? Is he going to become a number 14? Uh, interesting, my Jeff, he's 14. He's really only got one position to cover off the bench. But Joey Manu at 5'8", holy moly, super, super exciting. Let's get rid of that, uh, that music. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, in a way, it's 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 kind of... It's kind of Let's get it back on. I'm still talking about him. It's kind of uh, I was it was I was actually eyeing him up anyway, even though he had a really really high break even. I was eyeing him up this week before the news came through, and I thought he'll be a bit of a potty potty pod pod, um, because people were steer clear, even though the price is dropping, uh, and he's um, you know still got a high break even. People might have waited a week, and I was ready to pounce this week. Uh, even though, even if he's playing in the centres, I was happy with that and just try him as a pod. I just love having him in my team. I just feel all warm and cosy and comfy seeing him there. And then when he got named at 5'8", I was like, oh, I was happy. At the same time, I'm like, oh, great. Uh, he's going to be on everybody's radar. The fact that Kuraz went down last week made it so much easier for people. It would have been a straight swap, Kuraz 
to uh, Manu, whereas uh, what I was planning on doing was really going hard on my centre wings and um, and uh, really, really uh, having trying to have a guns at least six, possibly, and eventually seven guns in the centre wing. Uh, and 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 you know my forward pack would certainly be depleted, uh, but I'd have firepower for Africa in my back line, and the plan was uh, to move Warbrick on and bring Manu in, uh, but not to be. Uh, everybody's got to go Karaz to Manu, nice and easy swap, uh, which sucks a little bit for me, but that's just how it is. I'm just happy he is playing there, and we'll see how it goes for the Roosters. I'll turn it off now, and I promise I won't turn it back on. Uh, if we look at the forward pack. It's settled there as well, except we got Angus Crichton back. How good. Angus Crichton had a game uh, for the Roosters New South Wales Cup team last week. Got through that unscathed. He is straight back into first grade. Fantastic. Congratulations to you, Angus Crichton. Uh, well done. Well done. It'll be uh, no doubt an ongoing battle that you uh, that you face. Uh, you have the support of the entire NRL community behind you. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's it's great to see. Uh, that he is um, he's back uh, and doing his thing. And um, I think everybody is uh, hoping he, he goes well because uh, uh, he's had a tough old tough old year. So good luck to you, Angus Crichton. Uh, and Satili Tupanua makes his way onto the bench as well. So um, they're all coming back. For They're all coming back. There's Lodge there too. So all of a sudden, you look at that side and, uh, ooh, she's pretty strong. She's a pretty strong outfit there at the Chookies. Um, there's Nathan Brown sitting in number 19 jersey as well. So they are, you know, they're ready to make a move and they should they need to make a move. They will make a move this week. They will beat the Dragons 34 points to 18. All right, the second Anzac Day game. And this one is the Storm hosting the Warriors down at Amy. Uh, always a good spectacle with the light show, the laser show that the Storm put on. Uh, and look, it, it makes sense that these two teams would play each other. It makes sense that the Warriors be a part of Anzac Day. Uh, and um, look, it'd be good if maybe the odd game is played in New Zealand. Uh, you know, just saying, just saying. But they do do a good job down there at Amy. Uh, look, for the Storm, uh, a big uh, Nick Meany is back after the um, head knock issues last week, which means uh, Munster goes back uh, to 5-8. Uh, if we go down, Nelson Asafa Solomona, a huge in for this guy, uh, for this team. Uh, that go forward, the strike that he provides uh, should help the likes of uh, Harry Grant for sure, uh, and obviously Munster Hughes and Meany. Uh, so that's that's a big, big in is Asafa Solomona uh, into that forward pack. Uh, strong bench too. They've gone with um, they've gone with four big boppers with Garlic, McDonald, Eisenhuth, and Sims. So they're going to try and beat the Warriors. Through the middle, which ain't a bad idea. If we look at the Warriors, it uh, looks like at the same back line. Yet Montoya is in the centres. Uh, Watini Zalesniak keeps his wing spot there. Uh, Dylan Walker uh, remains at 5'8". Uh, who, Dylan Walker had a good game last week. Uh, good game at 5'8". He's not a bad little wee option if you want to think about it. The Warriors do have, I'm pretty sure, the Storm, the Roosters, the Panthers the next three weeks. Something to keep in mind there. If you're thinking about Walker as a uh, attacking option, I believe he's dual second row center, and he's playing in a five-eight where there's um, there's attacking options there, but maybe not over the next few weeks. Uh, so let's uh, scrap that idea altogether, Shano. Uh, the forward pack there, Tavanga is playing prop. Freddie Lusick is playing 
uh, hooker um, for Wade Egan. Nia Kore comes back from suspension into that second row, and Tohu is there at lock. Uh, Josh Curran sits on the bench for the Warriors. Look, I want the Warriors to do well. They just they just don't. There have been some poundings in these games uh, over the last wee while. And I don't. I think the stat I saw some stat Warriors actually haven't beaten the Storm since like 2015 or something like that, and for quite a long time, even even as recently as the last few years, people would say, "Oh, the Warriors always lift against the Storm. The Storm's record's not that actually that great against the Warriors. It's a misnomer. The Storm have completely dominated them the last seven or eight years, uh, and and before that, certainly the Warriors had a pretty good record against the Storm, and there was some." high-profile wins in Melbourne in, in um, finals games. I think maybe people have that in their mind all the time. That was a long time ago. The Warriors have been completely crushed by the Storm uh, over the last seven or eight years for sure. I think the uh, Storm will win. Uh, I'm going to go 26-12. 26-12. I just don't think the Warriors uh, have got the firepower. I think uh, if they give the Storm the amount of territory and possession that they gifted the Cowboys last week, the Storm will make them pay. Um, so 26-12, let's go the Storm over the Warriors. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, gang, it's time for this. Blue skies and sunshine guaranteed if you dig a little deeper. And we're going to dig a little deeper today into the front row. Uh, a very uh, tricky position for all of us this year. And um, just uh, based on what happened with me last week where I played an AE with um, Stefano having the bye, uh, just decided to roll with an AE. Uh, didn't really work out because I had Sonny Luke and I had uh, Tom Eisenhuth. So it didn't really work out for me. I thought if both of those could pump out at least 30s, I'd take that because that's what I probably would have got by uh, playing Kepi. Turns out Kepi didn't play, so um, it, which you know I thought is probably a good thing. Uh, I'll, I'll get a half-decent AE score, like 30. I was prepared to cop that. Uh, and we're going to have more issues coming up. We've got uh, Tarpany on the bye this week. Christian Welch, another popular front rower, on the bye next week. Uh, so. I mean, this position, there's one bloke that stands out like uh, dog's balls and uh, everything else is is lagging behind. There are a few premiums, um, the, the second tier down, uh, lots of mid-range stuff uh, and a few sneakies to have a look at. So I thought we would have a have a wee bit of a deep dive, dig a little deeper, as the song says, and, uh, and see what we can find out. Just a fat little man, a fat, ugly man. You're not ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. Ma, leave me alone. Conversation that uh, most of us fatties have had at some stage or another uh, with our uh, with our parents at some stage. <laughs> and uh, that probably goes for all these blokes. Mind you, they're all killing it now, making millions of dollars uh, playing front row forward uh, in the NRL. So good luck to them. Uh, look, I've just, uh, I've just pulled up a few stats here and gone through uh, the tricky period between round 13 and round 20 when we have uh, those three big buy rounds uh, and teams on buys in and around big buy rounds of 13, 16, and 19. 
So if we start with uh, with Payne Haas, obviously the top guy, the top dog, 771 grand. He's averaging 80. He's playing about 59 minutes. Now, look, he's going to be playing Origin. So I suggest if you don't have him, and I'm someone that doesn't have him, don't bother getting him now. Wait till wait till after Origin uh, and get him in for the run home. Uh, because at this stage, look, he's going to miss three games with Origin. He'll be backing up for three, uh, and he'll he'll in theory only be playing two games where there's no, um, you know, where he should be playing his you know his normal quote unquote minutes there. Uh, so that's a bit of a that's a bit of a scary one uh, for Payne Haas uh, owners there. What to do? I actually think he'll be quite uh, heavily sold during this time. Bring him back later on because yeah, there's he's missing a lot of games and be backing up in a lot of games. Brisbane really need him at the tail end of the season, uh, heading into the finals. I think they'll want him uh, cherry ripe, and I don't think you know, Kevy's going to uh, play him exhaustive minutes, especially with the start they've had to the year. They've banked up all these wins. They're not going to be in must-win territory uh, in this middle part of the of the season, I would have thought. Uh, so good time for Payne Hearthstoneers, I think, to sell and bring him back later on. And if, you, if you're a non-owner, just hold off and... and uh, find the money to buy him uh, later on in the year. At 771, you're, you're paying a, a pretty penny for the bloke too. Uh, next bloke on the list is Joey Tarpany at 640 grand. He's averaging 62, playing 50 minutes. Now, between round 13 and 20, he misses two games. He's got the buy in round 16. Uh, he plays six games though. Most of these blokes on this list will be playing six games during that period. He has the, uh, the round 16 buy. Next bloke on the list, Tohu Harris at 604 grand, averaging 64, playing 69 minutes. He did have play big minutes earlier in the year. I think he played 80 uh, in a few games there. Now, this is the kicker here. He misses one game, which is the round 16 bye, and plays seven. So that's huge uh, for Tohu Harris, plays seven. Uh, I will... Um, I'll also mention in here his teammate, Adam Fanua Blake, at 545 grand. He's averaging 59, playing 49 minutes, and obviously has that same uh, same buy coverage. Has the buy in round 16, plays all the other games between round 13 and 20, uh, which can be very, very handy for you uh, in this tricky old position that is the front row. Just a fat little man, a fat, ugly man. You're not ugly. I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. Ma, leave me alone. I don't know if Reuben Cotter had this conversation with his marks. I wouldn't say Reuben Cotter is fat um, or ugly. Uh, at 558 grand, he is interesting. Averaging 57, 57 minutes. He's, he's been on my radar in the last couple of weeks. I was gutted he scored a try last week. So I was hoping for, a, you know, just a, a 50. A 50-point game in, in in about the same minutes. And I thought, oh, he's going to be right. He had a high break even. I thought, oh, he's going to be right for the pick. And he went and scored a try, pumped out an 80. Uh, and so the price didn't go down as much. And with the try and the 80, uh, he became, um, he would have gone on a lot more players' radars, unfortunately. But after digging a little deeper, um, as per the segment, in the tricky round 13 through to round 20, uh, Cotter misses four games. This is assuming he plays Origin. He misses four games. He'll be backing up in three of them, and he'll only be playing one game where he's, you know, he's not in backup mode, uh, where you would think he would play normal minutes. 
So that's a that's a big concern there. A lot of red flags. Another reason why I thought of him is obviously with the Taumalolo news, Cotter has moved to lock forward where, I mean, the Cowboys are a classic team where like Taumalolo basically plays as a prop, but he's got 13 on his back. I think the same thing applies to Cotter. Uh, so it's not like he plays uh, that Cam Murray, uh, Link, Isaiah Yo link role where you're playing 70 minutes uh, and you're more of a creative player at lock. Basically, he plays as a third, uh, he'll play as a third prop uh, in that position. Still, I would have thought more minutes without Tamalolo on the field, I think. And and the Cowboys are desperate. They are desperate. They need to they need to get some wins. So I think Cotter's going to get plenty of time on the field. I, th- I think he's still an okay buy short term. Uh, but bear in mind, if you do have him, and look, he, I think he's going to score well over the next few weeks. Problem is for that tricky period uh, and looking long term, He's going to miss a lot of footy in the middle of the season there. Something to keep in mind. Short term, I reckon he's not a bad wee buy. Campbell Gillard, now let's assume he's not playing uh, Origin this year. Uh, he is on the outer um, with uh, what sounds like with all the Penrith boys. I think he's a bit of a knob end. Uh, and he did get, I think he played one game last year, then got dropped. It might have been when Turbo, when uh, Trebojevic came back in. But, you know, I mean, he's he's killing it, uh, I think, for, for Parramatta. Um, Coach Arthur loves him. He gives him plenty of minutes. He's currently averaging 60, playing 59 minutes. He has scored a couple of tries this year, so that's inflated things. I don't like it when they talk about, when guys talk about, uh, and that you hear it about Tarpany all the time. Oh, he's doing this and he's doing that without any attacking stats. You shouldn't even consider attacking stats when it comes to the props. If they get any attacking stats in terms of a line break assist or a line break themselves, score a try, try assist, that is absolute gravy. Don't you shouldn't consider it when you're thinking about your front rowers. If they've got the if they've got that attack in their game, then that's great upside. But it shouldn't be what you consider when you're trying to pick your front rowers. Uh, and you keep hearing about Tarpany. He's doing all this without scoring a try. Well, he's a prop. He's not supposed to score tries. Anywho, that's just uh, that's a bugbear of mine. Uh, where are we at? So Campbell Gillard averaging 60 and 59 minutes. He misses two games. They play Parramatta. We all know they play all three big buy rounds, 13, 16, 19. He has uh, buys in 14 and 18. So he is playing six of those eight games. Uh, but importantly, he is playing all three big buy rounds. Could be a handy number and a good contributor um, in your 13. Remember, in those big buy rounds, you only need your best 13. A uh, couple of Bulldogs players here to look at. Max King, who's having a good season. Uh, at 610, averaging 64 in 61 minutes. He has the round 13 buy. Uh, he plays six and misses two. Like I said, like most of these blokes do, play six, misses two, uh, and has the round 13 buy. Pangai Jr., uh, back after a lengthy injury layoff there at 525. Last week, we've just got the one-game sample size, uh, 53 points in 47 minutes, lots of tackle busts and offloads. We know he's got that in his game. He's got a lot more else in his game, too. He's got some junk in his game. We all know that. Bit of a ticking time bomb. Uh, let's see if he's grown up a wee bit. He did mention in an interview yesterday, you know, he said he's 27 now. He's, he needs to change. He's, you know, he, he plays his best when he's redlining it, which is scary because, yeah, he can play well, but he can also take some bloke out, uh, 10 in the bin, get suspended. He's got all that in him. And he's injury prone. So a lot of red flags with TPJ there. Uh, Matty Lodge at uh, the Roosters, 516, 
Uh, came back um, 29 points in 29 minutes uh, last week. I mean, and um, or something like that. I mean, and he played minimal. Uh, I think he played 30-something minutes in round one. Might have played less than that, 29 and 29. That's uh, overall between the two games. A very high break even. He is going to drop a lot of cash. And when his fitness improves with with these um, with these games uh, and the fitness gets into his legs there, you would expect bigger minutes and bigger output for him. And you might be able to pick him up for under 450 grand, uh, which would be huge. I think he'd be a pretty handy number. Mind you, the Roosters do have uh, do have buys in 13 and 19, two of the three big buy rounds. So something to consider there. And also there's the um, there's the moral Matt Lodge, the moral debate on whether you, you have Matt Lodge in your side. Uh, dude's got history, and I know he's he's kind of paid for it. I don't think he got any. Did he get any jail time? Can't remember if he got any jail time or not, but I mean, yeah. and the Warriors are paying like 500, kicking in 500k of his salary this year. What a shocker that is! Unbelievable. All right, just a fat little man, a fat ugly man. You're not ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. Ma, leave me alone. Braden, Braden Hamlin, you You're not ugly. You're a beautiful fat man. At 403 grand, averaging 43, 39 minutes. With the Toby Rudolph uh, injury, uh, we did see an increase in minutes for Hamlin Ueli last week, uh, and the output was pretty good. They uh, he, um, he has the buy in round 13. Uh, so misses two games, plays six uh, in, of the eight games there in the middle of the season. Uh, not a bad option. At 403, pretty affordable. Uh, Daniel Saifidi at the Knights. 471 grand. He averages 47, 56 minutes he's getting. He is a senior player in that side. He has the round 19 buy, so he plays the first two big buys. Not a bad option there. Play him through that and sell him on if you need to. Uh, if he's pumping out really good scores, bit of a keeper. Outside chance of playing Origin, um, I would have thought. Uh, another bloke with an outside chance of playing some Origin is uh, Mo Fodawaker up at the Titans. 521k. Uh, he's averaging 51 in 54 minutes. The Titans do have the buys in 13 and 16, so the first two big buy rounds. So maybe that's an avoid there. Uh, the numbers do look good for Mo Fodawaker, though. Uh, Josh Allier, I thought I'd throw him in here. Uh, 469K, averaging 44 in 46 minutes. Uh, they do have the buy in round 19, so Manly play the first two big buys, which is... Um, you know, which is handy. Uh, so yeah, maybe a bit of an outsider one there is Josh LAA. Just a fat little man, a fat, ugly man. You're not ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. Ma, leave me alone. Don't worry if you're ugly, Blake Laurie. You're scoring tries. Got a couple already this year. I think he already had, he had one before this season. He's already doubled that tally with two this year at 549k. Averaging 59 with those tries, keep that in mind, in 54 minutes. Uh, and Blake Laurie and the Dragons have the bye in round 16. So that's something to keep in mind there. He'll play the big buys of 13 and 19, Blake Laurie. Uh, and the last one here on the list, uh, just back from injury, uh, Asafa Solomona. There is no way I'm playing the soundbite before this bloke. Uh, he's terrifying, uh, and he's actually a good-looking bloke um, as well. So it definitely doesn't apply. Uh, Big Nelson at 546 grand, averaging 62. So he's got that attack in him. 
in 42 minutes. Minutes isn't really a thing with uh, Big Nelson. It's all about, it's more about quality over quantity with him. Uh, the concern is Melbourne had the buys in 13 and 19. So he's, uh, so he's got buys uh, basically either side of uh, this tricky middle part of the draw. So it's a little bit of a scary one there uh, for Melbourne. Uh, with And if you're looking at Asafa Solomona, there's possibly better options. Look, this is all long-term stuff I'm, I'm talking about here. Uh, in the short term, just do what you need to do. But keep in mind, this time of the year, it might, um, you know, between round 13 to 20, might save you a trade or two in that time and uh, have a few more up your sleeve uh, for the back end of the season. So really, if I can try and summarize this, I think, guys, I think Tohu is a great option. Uh, Tohu has is, got a big break even this week against the Storm. So even if he pumps out, say, a, you know, a standard Tohu 60, he's going to drop a bit of cash. He'll be under 600 grand. Uh I'd still have him as one of the top four or five front rowers. He is dual, and he has got that great draw in the middle of the season. He would be my number one target. And his teammate, Fanua Blake, same kind of deal. He'll only miss one game. Only misses the round 16 uh, bye uh, during this tricky period. Uh, so a little bit of food for thought there uh, for the fatties. Uh, we'll be back after this. All right, gang, time for this. Question. Okay. First one in. Cartwright to Madison and Tarpany to Mowali. Oh, that's a tricky one there. Look, look, Madison would be awesome to bring into your side for sure. And Cartwright is, uh, there's a lot of question marks over that Parramatta side and the silly buggers that Arthur plays. I mean, Madison is going to play a lot more minutes than, Cart, uh, than Cartwright will. And I think last week was the blueprint of what Parramatta will do. Um, even though Madison was really strong off the bench last year, but last year they had Papali'i on the edge. It wasn't Cartwright. So, uh, look, I like moving Cartwright to Madison. The only way you can do that is by moving Tarpani to Mawali. I think you're getting a little bit fooled here. Look, yeah, I know Tarpani's got the bye, but I think Tarpani in a tricky spot in the front row, I think he's a keeper. If you got him, you keep him. And don't get fooled. Mawali played bigger minutes last week. Had to play 50-odd minutes and punched out at 50, which is great. But before that, there was a whole lot of 20s going on there, and it was not pretty. And there's every chance he will go back to that, especially with Totola coming back. I'm not sure how long Totola's out for. That is a real ugly one there. Um, there's got to be another way. Maybe there isn't. Maybe this is the only way. And if it is, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Uh, it also depends who else you've got in your front row there. Um, I'm assuming if you've got Tarpany already, you're probably maybe rolling with a mid-ranger like a Christian Welch or a Stefano, you know, who are popular dudes. Uh, I'd stick with those two. I'd, if you've got both of those, even better. I mean, yeah, I know Mowali's got a low break even this week and he might he's going to start generating some cash. And if he can get uh, his output up into, you know, the 40s, then, yeah, he's going to be a good... He's going to be the kind of slow cash cow we were hoping for at the start of the year. But, uh, and yeah, look, Madison looked unbelievable last week. You would say he can't keep that up, but he, he probably could. Um, oh, man, that is tough. Look, if you really want Madison, and this is the only way to do it, and you get to cut a bit of dead weight with Cartwright uh, and hope for the best with Mowali, then, yeah, sure. But, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. 
It just depends. If you really, really want Madison, then go for it. Question. All right, got another one here on the old uh, front rowers. Uh, with Tarpany on the bye, my front row is Stefano and Moali. So they link in here with Pele on the bench. Is it worth some finding someone else to partner Tarpany moving forward? So this bloke's going to uh, just move Tarpany onto his bench there and is playing Stefano and Moali. Uh, is it worth finding someone to partner Tarpany moving forward? I think it is. Uh, I don't think you can rely on uh, Utakamanu. Just with the way with the Tigers, they've played, you know, they're playing silly buggers every week. And there's a new bloke coming in every week at the moment. You know, they're, this, they're playing their fourth fullback, a rookie, uh, on a team that hasn't won a game yet. And they're saying, here, go in there, fella, do your best. Uh, their fourth fullback, and this is only their seventh game coming up. So, you know, yikes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you could, I think definitely uh, moving forward, I think uh, Tohu was probably your best bet. Obviously, Payne Haas. Uh, but in the deep dive that I um, uh, that I did, uh, Torhu was probably the best value option for you uh, with his buy coverage, uh, the fact that he's dual, the fact he's pretty affordable for the output that he's given us so far this year. Uh, and yeah, if you're rolling with Tarpani and Torhu, and then you've got uh, Utakamanu and Moali on your bench, that's you're flying. You're pretty happy with that. And if there's a way to upgrade the Haas later on, go for it. Uh, I would definitely uh, be doing um, be doing that, but yeah, no problem whatsoever uh, with what you've got at the moment with Tarpany on the buy, and then yeah, I think you should look for maybe a Tohu uh, in the future. Question. All right, is Manu worth it? I was planning on saving trades this week, but would need to sell two of Cam Pereira, Warbrick, or Nickel Clockstad uh, to do it then. Find a cheapie. Okay. Gonna need uh, some suitable background music if we're gonna be talking about my boy Joey Six on Legs Manu. Uh, look, is Manu worth it? Short answer, you betcha he's fucking worth it. Um, you were planning on saving trades this week, and so obviously uh, that was the plan before you got the news about. Uh, Manu moving into the halves where he's been very, very effective. Massive score against the Dragons playing in the halves last year. Uh, and you know more, he'll get his hands on the ball. He's a runner. Uh, so his base will increase big time. Uh, and the creative stuff should uh, flow from there. I can so see a break through the middle of the middle of the field there. And then you know, he'll get tackled and offload to a bursting Teddy for a try. You can so see it. Um, and I oh, should have put Tedesco in my anytime try scorers. Still might do that. Um, so, yeah, is he worth it? You're damn right he's worth it. Uh, look, yes, we're all planning on saving trades at some stage, and uh, this week would have been pretty good by the sounds of it. Um, you would need to sell two of AKP, Warbrick, or Nickel Clockstad to, to do it, and then find a cheapie. That's going to be your problem. There are no decent cheapies at centre wing at the moment. There's question marks over Croker. There are question marks over um, Dunster. Uh, man, oh man, oh man. I think you're going to make it happen. Uh, even if you even if you go with enough. Or there's even this wee smoky news about Jarrell Skelton that the Bulldogs coming in has been named and has been pulled out of New South Wales Cup courtesy of the Guru there. Uh, so... 
Maybe you can even go with a little bit of um, oh, maybe sell on AKP. And uh, I, I think Nickel Clockstar's worth holding on to. So if you could sell Cam Pereira and uh, Warbrick to get in Manu and one of Skelton, Dunster, or mm, Croker, I guess. Uh, you know, and either Croker, Skelton, or Dunster might become nuffs anyway. They might only play a few games and become nuffs. By that stage, you're almost at a position of the year where you can handle having enough in your, in your team, depth-wise. Uh, so I would go for it. I would definitely go for it. I would go with uh, Manu and what, maybe Dunster, because he has been named this week. Uh, and if he keeps his spot, then it's gold moving forward for Parramatta and for, if you own him. Remember, Simonson is on that bench, so he is lurking there. But if it means getting in Manu, you have got to do it. Uh, let's turn off the Barry White before it gets too arousing. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks very much for the questions. If you do uh, have a question to fire through, uh, comment, sledge, anything you want to do, uh, the email is nrlsctherapy at gmail.com. Uh, also on Spotify there, uh, you can fire through any questions that you may have. Question. We'll be back after this. All right, gang, my best bets for the week. Feeling pretty confident about this one. Um, tonight's game, the uh, big blockbuster between the Panthers and the Bunnies. I'm putting 40 bucks on the Panthers and under 39 and a half total points. Panthers have dominated this uh, clash uh, for quite a wee while now. And look, I think the Panthers are the best team in the competition. Souths are up there for sure, but the Panthers just have their number. Uh, and I think it'll be a low scoring affair. Uh, two teams that are very, very strong defensively, I feel. Uh, especially the Panthers. So the Panthers and 39 and a half and under at $2.80 returns 112 bucks. I will take that uh, with a lot of confidence. Uh, the other the other uh, bet I'm going to take, big bet here, a $40 either way parlay, which has been uh, going gangbusters for me this season. The Cowboys and the Knights, either 1-12, to 12, into the Dolphins and the Titans, either 1-12. to 12. Two tough games to pick here, so let's take either side uh, by 1-12 to 12 at $2.82. 40 bucks returns $1.12.88. A $10 anytime try scorer, I'm going with six blokes here. Uh, I'm going with uh, Sibo, uh, Katoa, Siena Katoa at the Sharks, the Hammer. I'm going with, Trebo- um, with Tommy Trebojevic. Uh, Daniel Tupo and Xavier Coates. So all six paying 21.08. Tenner on that returns 210.86. And my last bet, a little bit of $10 Anzac action on your Tuesday. I'm going to take the Roosters 13 plus into the Storm 13 plus at $3.64. 10 bucks returns 36.40. Uh, if you are having a bet uh, this weekend, good luck to you on the punt. Make sure you do so responsibly. We'll be back in a minute. All right, guys. So that almost does it for the uh, for the episode, the round eight preview. Um, let's pop the music on there. Uh, look, tough old week. Uh, it always is, but um, and there's a stretch that week. Remember, we got games starting on Thursday, going all the way to Anzac Day on Tuesday. Uh, teamless will be on Wednesday. I understand. I always thought it would be a bit interesting if teams are naming their side for next week before they even play. Uh, this round, which would have been the case for 
those four clubs playing on Anzac Day, but teamless Wednesday uh, next week. So it's a short turnaround uh, into that. Um, look, the Raiders on the bye, so it's not a biggie there. Really, Joe Tarpany is the only, uh, the only guy uh, with any Supercoach relevance there. Uh, so if you do have him, hopefully you have uh, enough uh, cover or you've got a plan in place, whether you're going to roll with an AE or bring someone else, whatever you're going to do. Good luck with that. If you are enjoying the show, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Be a friend and tell a friend. You can always get in contact. Email nrlsctherapy at gmail.com. Fire through any uh, questions, uh, anything you want to mention, any sledges, anything like that. Also via Spotify. There is a Q&A section there where you can fire through. We one-liner anything you want. I will read and respond. Uh, enjoy the footy, enjoy Anzac Day, uh, and I will catch you probably on Wednesday uh, to go over everything uh, that we've watched over uh, an extended long round. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks very much. Catch you later.